Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast. Introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. Welcome to episode number 43 of the podcast. And today I've been fortunate enough to catch up with Cara Fortier of Playgrounding.com. Now, what Cara is doing is amazing and I love this message and you've probably I guess if you listen to the last five podcasts about four of my last five guests have talked about the benefits of play now today Cara talks about this is more sort of aimed at teachers and adults and um, not only does she talk about her research from her own experiences but also 40 odd guests that she's also interviewed on her podcast she gives you simple tips and some great stories. I really love the one where she talks about rats um, and the benefit of studies they've been going through with play and so forth. So if you're one of those people that feel you're sort of trapped in life or it's, you know, you're not getting the most out of it, I think play is a really big avenue for you and that you really need to explore. So listen up today. Kiara's serving up some amazing ideas and content, um, which I'm sure everybody will benefit from greatly. Cara, thanks for joining me. How are you today? Oh, thank you so much. I'm great. <laughs> great stuff. Now, Cara, where are you joining from at the moment? I live in Los Angeles, California, in a strange little community called The Brewery. It's an artist complex, and I'm so privileged to be here. <laughs> now, a brewery, does that uh, hence go for name, obviously, alcohol, or is it uh, I, just a region? <laughs> It is a strange little place. It was an old warehouse district with the Paps Blue Ribbon Brewery and an Edison plant, an Edison power plant. And now it is after in, from 30 years ago, they turned it into lofts um, and they only rent out to artists. My husband is one and it's just a fun little village to live in here in L.A. And we do art walks twice a year. It's, it's a great community. And they're the reason why I started my podcast, which is why I always mention them. <laughs> yeah, nice. So th- that's probably really cool, sort of living with like-minded <laughs> people and you can sort of feed ideas off and things like that. I mm-hmm. suppose a little bit different to normal neighbours. Oh, yeah. I've never had a place where if there's an emergency or a disaster, I'm going to walk out my door and see 20 people I already know and love. So it's a strange, strange experience for me. <laughs> I bet it is. But it sounds pretty cool. Now, um, for my listeners out there, obviously you're in Los Angeles and things like that. Do you want to give us a little bit of your background and everything and how you obviously got to running uh, Playground.com, which is an amazing website, by the way. But just so you can yeah, give us a little bit of a background. Oh, background. I have a strange background. I'm, um, I spent most of my life since I was a little kid, assuming I was going to become a pastor of a church Okay. and my father, I would have been fourth generation. Um, I went to seminary, but not before I went on a little rumspringa to New York, um, um, for a few years in my twenties, but I came back in, I went to seminary, I got the dug in, did it. And I realized it just was not the right fit for me. And that for anyone who's been in the clergy and try to go into something else, it's a really hard thing to find anything else that fits that skill set. Um, so I struggled for many years. I was in marketing for over 10 years. Um, I've done a lot of freelance writing, that kind of thing. But in my years in the corporate world, I discovered um, a huge amount of stress, people breaking their teeth, pulling out their hair. I went through the recession in the tech industry. Um, I also was pulling out my hair. I was one of the uber Protestant work ethic, um, overworkers who would stay till nine at night every night. And I started to feel the effects of lack of play in my life. And, um, when I discovered play, it was after I had already, you know, had to leave that world just out of the stress was driving me insane. And then I later on discovered 
uh, one of the most important parts of being human is to play. And I decided to make that my thing I quote unquote preach about. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Now, I suppose um, a lot of my listeners are teachers. So we, we see students play every day and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's the most beautiful thing ever. And I think that is one of the best thing about schools. But I more think when people leave school and for teachers and so forth, um, they forget to do this and they don't prioritise it. You know, it's not part of their daily routine. Life gets too busy. So mm-hmm. what are some of the, the main effects that play can have on your mind, your body, your soul, everything like that? Wow. It, it is so thrilling to me to have been learning this. And I, I keep coming back to this one story and I kind of talk about it a little too much, but I think it, it's from Stuart Brown. He's a um, gentleman who's one of the founders of the Institute for Play, National Institute for Play here in um, San Diego, California. He talks about in his TED talk, which you can find online, um, that there were experiments with these little baby rats. And one half of the rats, of the little tiny baby rats, one half of them were allowed to play naturally. And rats are very social, very playful little creatures, um, and they were allowed to play normally. Um, another half of the other half of the rats population of the tiny babies were not allowed to play. And I'm not quite sure how they did that. I want to interview him and find that out. <laughs> That's a good, good question. <laughs> no, no play. Um, no play for you. But they, uh, so as these little rats matured, as they, I mean, after they matured, they were both given into their cages was dropped a cat scented collar and instinctively they knew what that meant. You know, they, they, all of the rats in both populations run, ran and hid, but the rats in the population that did not get to play while they were maturing, um, they did not come out from hiding and they died. That's how he describes it in his Ted talk. Okay. The ones who were allowed to play, eventually poked their noses out and, you know, were able to reassess their environment to look f- to see, like, what can we do now? Can we explore this world again? Can we survive now? And they did, they, they came out and in an actual ex- real life experience like this, they probably would have survived while the rats who didn't play didn't survive. Okay. And I know we're talking about like maturing rats. So it's like, that's a great thing to talk about for play for children. But I think it's important to, as adults I have to make the case for adults reclaiming play. Like that's kind of my mission in life. And it's one thing I see a lot of articles and they all kind of say the same things, you know, it deepens your relationships. It makes you more creative, blah, blah, blah. And that's all true. But what I kind of want to say is that when you play, your entire mindset starts to change. It actually changes the way you think. Um, And that's why playful people are the most innovative people. They're, they run out and they try things. They're not afraid to fail. Um, they are the most creative people um, because they're, they, I mean, they just, there's this something about play that as, you know, Dr. Brown and so many others have said, is such a deep part of what it means to be human that it, it, it decreases your stress levels. There are, um, there's talk of it, it decreasing uh, anxiety and depression or being a hand, uh, kind of a helping hand for people who are going through anxiety and depression. I have a person I interviewed on my podcast who um, kind of put play as a opposing force to her own depression. She started challenging herself to play every single day 
And over a course of months or years, and while she is not a doctor and I'm not prescribing anything, she ended up going off of medication and is out there living in an amazing, fulfilled life. And not here to say it's a placebo or any kind of thing that, you know, should replace actual mental health assessments, but just for our basic everyday wellness and well-being, play is absolutely vital, whether you're a child or an adult. Um, and one of the things that if, if it's good for children's brains, and I say this in my podcast all the time, what is good for children, what they say is good for children is also still good for adults. And I'm in my 40s. I grew up believing that our brains stop maturing at a certain point and they start to decay. I mean, that was something or decay or deteriorate. <laughs> yep. um, I've heard that my whole life. I don't know. <laughs> Did you hear that too? Oh, I mean, I, 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 just, I thought it come with growth as soon as yeah. it stopped growing. I, I think that was an old wives tale that I learned. Yeah, no, and I think it was so widespread that I think it's an easy way to justify giving up all of our toys and just saying, well, we're adults now and we have to do this. But that's not the truth anymore. We know that science is, you know, still studying the brain and we're learning that that's not the case. So if something is good for children, it is also good for adults. And I think that adults who don't play when challenges, when they're faced with challenges, small or big, it's easier to go into the fear mindset and get paralyzed like those little rats that weren't allowed to play. Mm. And it is for the adults who are very playful, who will literally just go, okay, I'm going to hide for a minute, but then let's peek around the corner. Yeah. Let's see what we can, you know? So that's kind of in a nutshell, if I can. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, I really like that. So what, what I've sort of taken away from that with the rats and things like that is that if you're playing and things like that, you're a little bit more adventurous. You know, if something comes up, you won't hide from it from full on. You'll think, how can I actually beat this? Or how can I get around it? Or um, you'll be more challenged to sort of go at it. Is that sort of what, I, what I'm getting? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and, and I suppose from that play is such a big word for a lot of people I talk to it about um, when I'm running workshops for adults and things like that is, is it just sports or is it going and playing Lego? Like, how do you define what play is? It's such a broad term. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I have really gone over and over that because I think the, the word play is such a block for people. At yeah. least when I talk, to, like they immediately look at me like, What? that's what you're doing? Like, well, I'm a grown up, So, you know, and I've had to really think this through. And I've, the, as I was looking at a definition, actually, let me see if I can pull it up here and get to the right screen. Um, I found a definition just by Googling it one day. Cause I was kind of like, I just can't quite, you know, get there. I found that there was a, have you ever heard of like, there's a little play in the rope? No, I haven't. Sorry. No, like, um, uh, it's a, it's a, there are many definitions of play, but my favorite is the space in or through which a mechanism can or does move, which that's a little stilted there, but it's movement, slack, give, room to maneuver, scope or latitude. So if you're going to like pull on a rope, but you want to give the rope a little play, you give a little bit rope so it's not pulled so tight. Okay. Yep. Um, and it gives the, you this, it's called the quote, scope or freedom to act or operate. And I feel like before we start thinking about what play meant to us as children, because we immediately start a attaching it to activities, you know, I played on the swing set, I played with my toys. Let's take it back a step. You know, okay. that moment when we step out onto the, onto the playground, when we're kids, we know we're not doing the same thing we were doing in our desks and in the classroom. We walk out onto that playground and it's, what am I going to do now? It's time to play. Um, 
And for kids, that does come kind of naturally. But as we mature, we start to have all these high expectations. We don't let go of our phones. We don't let go of our work lives when we're trying to sit with our families at home. We It's hard. And I think for teachers, it's just unbelievably hard. Um, incredibly giving and and hardworking and taking on extra all over the place. Um, it's hard to give yourself that latitude, that room to maneuver, that room to be yourself. And I think be, before an adult can really start to embrace play, before we start trying to assign activities to what that means, um, it means being gentle with yourself, slowing down, giving yourself a chance to be you. And before you can really play and really have that benefit from play, I think it means entering into that moment of giving yourself some slack. Because the moment you do, that's when you start real remembering. That's when you start thinking what you really want to do for fun. Yeah, and, and when it, you let yourself yeah. do it, yeah. <laughs> and, and I suppose, it, and that's when you probably start getting those memories of you know your childhood when you didn't have a mortgage, you didn't have kids, you you know you didn't have mm-hmm. all these bills. Your life wasn't just controlling you. Whereas if you can allow yourself to get back to that, it's such a beautiful thing, and and it would help with the rest of your life. Now, one thing you just mentioned there, Cara, that's like it it really uh, is such a big topic at the moment is social media and technology. It is amazing. Don't get me wrong. You're in Los Angeles at the moment. I'm in Melbourne. Like This is over Skype. It's amazing what we can do. But yeah. social media is, I think it's destroying play because that time, if we're bored, we don't even think, oh, what game could I go and play? What what could I do now? We just get our device out and we scroll through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Is Do you see that happening? I, I think about this a lot. I actually was challenged on this just yesterday. It was funny. I, I definitely think that I know it. I've had to cut back on my own and I used to be in marketing and I did digital marketing. So I, I finally like got to the point where I could see social media as something that was just for me again, but then I, I still struggle with it. Yeah. Um, because when you're on there, you're in you're in a mode of of one-upsmanship of self-criticism I actually asked the question when I talked to people like how do you make a decision of what you do to play is it coming from someone's Instagram profile do you want to like you know go to that restaurant or find a better looking dessert to share <laughs> you know so I mean <laughs> you know so I mean I do agree with you that it really has I I don't even like Facebook anymore I, I used to have so much fun I was one of the first early adopters I do it because I have to now. Um, but I'm trying to like actually find a way to be playful on there. But the way that I was challenged was I've been out, I've been putting out a all call for anyone who has a playful community or what I'm think I'm going to start calling a chosen play family. And I'm finding that people are finding communities online that turn into offline. Okay. And and I'm always a big proponent of shut off your computer, go play, go do something without looking at a screen. And then I'm finding, oh, well, some people are finding their play communities online. But those things aren't happening on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter in those kind of spaces. They're happening in really super niche communities of like-minded people who can be themselves together. So like on Reddit or Imgur or um, you know, p- people who find people through meetup.com, that kind of thing. Um, they're finding more places where they can be and just enjoy being themselves. Um, cause I think on the rest of social media, we're not ourselves. Yeah. We're a weird projected 
thing. <laughs> yeah, well, we and, are. That's, yeah. that's very true. It's very true. Yeah. Social media, it, don't get me wrong, it's amazing. And I think it's got a lot of benefits. And like you just mentioned, yeah. there, that it, now people are actually using it to catch up and go and play and things like that. So I think that's really, really beneficial. And when they're catching up, they're not doing it on social media. You know, they're using yeah. it as an avenue. And I think that's, is that the big message you're going with there? Yeah, I think it's turning more less into like social boards with tons of people. And, you know, like Facebook is Facebook brought together people who already know each other, and then you have all these communities from all of your different parts of life, and then you have to try to just bring dumb down the version of yourself that you put out there. You know, you can't be too much yourself because all these people are now watching. But I think when you go into a niche community based around a a shared interest or a type of fun that you enjoy having with those people, um, whatever it is then you can actually be yourself in that one specific community and those relationships can come offline and become play. I, I just literally interviewed someone about this yesterday and my brain kind of exploded going, oh, okay, oh, you know, <laughs> but I really do think it's, it's important to tr- think about the types of communities you're a part of online and how you respond to them. Do you have to protect yourself? Are you, are you really building a projected persona? Because that could just make you feel worse. Um, it's all about, I really think that play, actual play and the kind that's fulfilling and that actually changes your brain, it has to come from the core of who you are and you have to start letting yourself be yourself and giving your, giving that self some room to maneuver and play. Yeah. And, and I suppose, and that's the definition is going to be different for everyone. There's no <laughs> one shoe fits all or one size fits all because everybody's different and everybody's got some different idea. Now, getting back to your website, which is playground.com, um, can you oh, – ex- Pardon? Oh, and play, play grounding. Sorry, I forgot Sorry. the ing on the end, playgrounding.com. Oh, no, Where- <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't know if somebody has playground.com. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I've just read that wrong. Um, can you explain a little bit more about this and, um, you know, what we can find on your website? Because some of the information I was reading through yesterday, I really enjoyed it. And it's, I haven't seen that sort of spin and, and the way you've sort of written about play before. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm really, really passionate about play for adults. And I, in the 40, I think we have like 41 episodes now I do talk about play for children as well. So, I mean, the, the number one thing I want to do is help people understand that play is not just something we do as children. And I want to share my, and I've been sharing my own story on how discovering play lifted me out of a very weird, dark place that I think some people might describe as a midlife crisis. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, my hair is still blue. Yes. And <laughs> yeah, it's, I just decided at a certain point I couldn't continue the way that things were. And later on I met a woman and we started talking and she told a story about someone that she knew telling her the way forward is to ask yourself, how did you play as a child? Hmm. And I remember her sharing that with me and I couldn't even hardly remember. You know, I think there were just so many blocks to remembering certain things about ourselves. So I just, I spent a lot of time thinking about what she said and what ended up happening was this website and the podcast. And I, I believe that play is a missing ingredient. It's a thing that we give up that we shouldn't give up. And I started off interviewing at what you'll find. I have mostly, there's mostly right now there are podcast episodes. And in the beginning I was literally saying, I'm doing this because I need this. I don't know what the answer is, but I just got sparked 
by this woman to think about play in a different way. I'm going to follow this thread as far as it goes. And I thought, maybe I'll get a few episodes. Maybe I'll just get some experience podcasting. And what I discovered was this massive amount of information, a whole world of play advocates, um, amazing people, most of them in the, in the parenting and teaching, most of them talking about children, which we need really badly. I'm yeah. not... I'm, I'm talking about adults, but I think it's vital to continue this conversation about free play for kids. Um, and then as I went along, I ended up interviewing a lot of people from my community who are also inspiring to me. I got into play through the Burning Man community. And when I arrived out on that dusty playa, I was like completely annoyed and terrified. I was like, what do I do now? I, yeah. I, I have no phone. I'm a workaholic. I, I literally, there was no, there was no reception. At least that year there wasn't. <laughs> um, and I was just stuck. I was stuck on a playground, but I had forgotten how to play. And yeah. I learned how to play there. And so I, I started looking around because I'm, I'm a part of a Burning Man community that's been around for over 20 years. So I started picking their brains. So I have a, a few of them on the podcast as well. I tried to make it, it's not like a go to Burning Man website. Okay. Um, I just started interviewing very creative people who didn't have the hangups that I had, who lived in play inspired lives, maybe from the beginning and some who discovered play at a certain point in their adult lives. So I do have a mix of kind of academics, which came a little later, but mostly just me finding a person and saying, you, you inspire me. And I think you're a playful person. And usually when I would identify someone like that, they would just spark up and go, yes, yes, I am. I have a very strong feeling about play. And then I would interview them. Um, going forward, because I've kind of started um, a book, book proposal idea, and I have a lot of my own ideas about how to be more practical. I feel like I'm missing that piece or have been because I didn't know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now I went back and put everything together. I actually spent the last few months doing this, and I created for myself – I looked back and went, here are kind of what I think are the steps to get past the blocks we have as adults to get back to play first, and then to actually take some concrete steps to get back to play and to put it back in our lives. Because it's not as easy as just saying, yeah, yeah, I read this article. The play is really important. I think I'm going to start making it part of my daily life. Like that does not happen for Definitely. most people. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. And, and to go back and um, I'm the same. I find people that I wanted to interview because I want to learn from them. And I, I think yeah. that's the beauty of podcasts. It's so amazing. <laughs> like um, Now, you've just mentioned that you've obviously written down uh, everything you've like figured out and come across from your amazing guests and obviously yourself, Cara. What are some just like because people yeah play great. I want to do it, but people actually don't know how to. What what are maybe a couple of two or three little tips to get them started or get them thinking about what is it I actually could do? Oh, absolutely. This is my world right now. Um, I believe there are there are five steps in come in circled by one big one. Um, and I won't go over all of them. I'll just kind of touch each one, but I'll find one that I think is the most, is the easiest one to start with. Okay. Um, first we have to kind of justify play for ourselves because if you don't actually believe it, you're not going to do it. Um, but like, so that means, you know, the things we, d that we read in all of these articles about the power of play, if you type power of play into Google, you will find all kinds of stuff that will tell you all the things um, about why, and this has been in major publications recently, and I'm glad this is the case, but I think that's not enough. Like first that kind of sets you up and then you enter into a playful mindset, which has kind of a spiritual dynamic, if you will, or like a therapeutic dynamic. It's hard for us adults to do that. 
Um, that's a big, that's a big chunk right there. Um, and after you're actually really primed and ready to go and you're on your playground, you're ready, um, discovering what you want to do to play. Um, after we've covered all that stuff up as children for so long, um, after we give up our toys, as I like to say, um, we, we give up our toys once when we're kids and then we always accumulate new toys and then we keep giving them up as we get older and older. Um, there are toy surrender points in almost all of our adult lives, all the way up until our midlife. And I think after we've given up all our toys, we kind of can't remember what they were because it's so painful. Um, <laughs> we yeah, that's a good to. point. Yeah, so discovering what you want to do to play and finding out, you know, what that it would be. Um, but then the practical side is just the, the next step is just to create your play wish list. And that's been the most fun. I actually, I just finished writing a bunch of stuff about that that I'm going to be putting on the blog. It'll probably be up by the time this comes up. Um, and that's a whole thing. Actually, that's been super fun for me. Um, and then prioritizing play, actually getting it onto your calendar. Um, and I want to come back to the wish list thing for a second, but I honestly, right now, I feel like finding a playful community, actually, no, I'll, I'll put the wish list. Sorry. If you have to edit this, I'm sorry. No, no, Although, no, that's okay. <laughs> um, but I think finding a play community, it either can be the first step. It can be like you discover a community and you're like, what's up with these people, which is what happened to me. Or you can go through those steps for yourself, kind of really do some reflection, figure out what you want to do for fun and then go find a playful community. And I feel like that's not as easy to do. Um, but I'm discovering it with all kinds of people. I know mine is Burning Man. Um, there's, I've, I'm finding the same dynamics in roller derby and sewing circles and Spartan racing, um, all kinds of places. And I actually do want to ask the world, if you have a playful community, which I'm kind of calling the chosen family, I want to hear about it because I don't know where they all are. And I feel like there are a lot of people who are starting to feel isolation and loneliness and lack of play in their lives and turns into stress and anxiety and depression. Um, we need to find a group of people outside of our normal default work lives that we can go let our hair down with. And if we don't have that, that's a very difficult thing. Yeah, I, um, think, I think that's a really good point that uh, it, people might, may have topics but they, uh, and play options, but they don't know who to do it with. So I suppose going back to what you mentioned before, using social media in a positive way to find these people um, because they would be out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's weird because every story of how they find these people is different. And that's the fun part for me. I think it's just the getting being open to it. Um, yeah, it, because it's it's one thing to say you're going to play. And it's another thing to actually, and believe me, I had this podcast for a year before I really started letting myself try things and discover what I wanted to do um, for play for myself. And once I did, um, just as a really practical thing, and I actually really like the, my play wish list. I try to call them playlists, but that's yeah. like for music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I really love like my playlist because I, I started thinking, I started wanting to do this thing I discovered on from Fly, the Flying Raccoon. He's a UK based play coach and he did 100 days of play. And I at first just started off like, I'm going to play every day. woo! And then I completely fell in my face because I didn't actually have a plan for what I was going to do all these days. Um, you can't go on a hike on a Wednesday afternoon when you have a half an hour free, yeah. you know, so you, you make these wish lists of, oh, I'm going to do all these things. I actually made play wish lists that were for, I have a whole day 
I have an evening, I have like a little bit of time in the afternoon or I have a little bit of time at home. And I separated out these lists and I suddenly ended up with all these ideas. Um, anything as small as, I, you know, I went to grad school and I hated reading for years afterwards. So I'm starting reading novels again. And I know that sounds weird, but it actually is really uplifting to like go back into the imaginative world of story for me. That's part of my play personality. And, you know, and I actually have one of where I set a timer for 10 minutes and I just play with my dog play just totally. I don't stop. It's like not feeling of like, I'm going to do this for a minute and then I'll go on and do other things. Like for this period of time, I have this free, I'm going to play with my dog, but I brush my cat. My animals just love me so much more. Um, <laughs> or, or I just make it really proactive choices about how I spend my evenings. I go out and actually find things I really don't want to, I really want to do. I don't just let people, I don't fill my evenings with stuff that just happens to be happening that I get invited to. I become the inviter, the instigator, so that I'm doing things I really love. Um, so yeah, creating your play wish list ahead of time and really making a choice. And once you commit to yourself and believe that you are valuable and believe that you are worthy of having time spent just for you, um, that is a life-changing proposition, especially if you have a lot of dependence, a lot of responsibilities. Um, just remember, it is the same as put your oxygen mask on first. The benefits of play are so great. You will be a better everything um, and better for the people in your life that you're responsible for when you allow yourself some give, some play in the rope, and some room to maneuver as yourself. I, I love that, and I think... Uh to check out that wish list and um, see what you've got on yours and, and obviously make your own time specific and things like that. And um, one thing I was actually listening to a podcast the other day by Gretchen Rubin from the happiness project. And she yeah. actually said about scheduling, if people, people were follow schedules and to do lists and things to a T that they have to schedule play into their, into their actual calendar. Absolutely. 100%. You know, because, and, then, and then they're going to be more likely to stick to it. So if you're that sort of person, you know, you, you make sure you've got meetings, you've got the gym, whatever you need to do in life, put that play yeah. in there. And I think, as you said, each wish list, you'll know how long you've got and you'll know how long a certain activity will take you. And that's what mm -hmm. you can do in that time. Yeah, I put it in my note, my notebook app or my notes app on my phone. And I have a little folder for each one of my playlists and my play wish list. And I just, you know, if I have a little bit of time, especially, especially I work from home. So that's, it makes it kind of, I'll have these moments of like, I should be working. I should be working. Um, you know, and if I was in an office, I would have different kinds of things because I came from that world and I know it very well. Yep. Um, I know teachers have very little time, but it's, it's just so empowering to be like, I'm instead of feeling anxious and feeling guilty for not being work for not working for this little frame of time. I'm going to invest some and shoot it right back into my own life and check out my wish list on my app, on my phone and be like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And I, and for part of it, I actually went to Michael's and bought some crafty things. I'm not a crafty person. <laughs> um, but I did, I'm like, I'm just going to try something new. And I had so much fun, you know? Um, so yeah, having it somewhere close at hand. Um, so when you have that time, when you make that time, you don't have that, if you don't plan it out, even if you say, I'm, I'm going to schedule some time in the afternoon to play, it's really easy to go, I can't really think of anything to do. Or you'll do something for five minutes and run off and go back to working. Um, housework is my big suck. I love to play and clean things. But it's not – it's fulfilling, but it's not play. Yep. yep. Um, so I've had to let myself learn to prioritize play. It's, a, it's hard, though. It's not easy. 
And not I, easy. And I suppose anything good in life isn't easy. So, no. um, you know, <laughs> nothing like going to get fast food or eating chocolate, it's easy, but it's not good for you, you know, whereas cooking a, <laughs> cooking a really healthy yep. meal, you know, and it's the same as play. Like um, it does sound easy, but actually allowing yourself to do that and not feeling guilty because if people are mm-hmm. in play, they're so much more productive. They're so much more creative. They're happier. Mm-hmm. It has all these flow and effects. Yep. And your work will be better. It'll be of higher standard. So I think that's Absolutely. a big message I've taken from you today, Garrett. Now, for people <laughs> wanting to find out more about you, where can we do that? Where's your blog? Everything like that. I am at playgrounding.com and I have my, my, I, my, my playgrounding.com and I have uh, my podcast is on Apple iTunes, excuse me, Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, yep. Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and I'm in the process of getting it out to more podcatchers at this point. Um, but if you just type in playgrounding, um, I will be found. And I will have all of those links on the show notes and everything as well. And, uh, Garrett, thank you so much for your time today. I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I know my listeners will as well. So thank you for giving up your time and probably taking half an hour of playtime for you out of your day. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. I had a lot of fun too. Hey, where are you going? Don't go anywhere. If you like today's episode or you like any of our episodes, We would love you to take 30 seconds out of your day and leave a five-star review on iTunes. That way, more people will be able to listen to this podcast and hopefully it can help them in life with teaching and everything we do. Please leave a review. We'd love that. Thank you very much.